What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's September 12, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 99. In this episode, I'll talk about why you need to start, uh, stop, sorry, barbell bench pressing. So you need to stop barbell bench pressing. All the gym bros, we love the barbell flat bench, but I'll tell you why that's not always the way you should be starting every single chest workout. And in the second topic, I talk about how long your workout should be. Believe it or not, working out too long could actually have some detrimental effects, so I'll talk about that one later on in the episode. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Newsflash for everyone out there, I mean everyone, testing your one rep max every week is dumb and doesn't really do much for you. This is one that I see too often in the gym these days, so let's talk about it. I'm in the gym pretty often throughout the week, and there's specifically this one gym that I go to that has a bunch of younger people going there, so I'm talking high school and university or college students, and every single week, there's always a bunch of guys, like a group of four guys deadlifting or squatting or benching, and they're always working up to a one rep max, and it just doesn't make sense to me. First off, the peer pressure that their friends put them through, some of them casually lifting three plates on deadlifts, which isn't that heavy, but but then they have their skinny friend be like, oh yeah, I think I can do that. And then the guy who just lifted that weight is like, oh yeah, I think you can too. Let me just slap you on the back and yell up, up, up. Also here, use my belt, use my straps, chalk up, sniff these smelling salts and you'll get it this time. Meanwhile, the new guy's form is just mediocre at best, and then they try to pull it with their backs just so bent out of shape, just one-way ticket to Snap City. Like, I don't understand why people are looking to test their 1RM every single week. Not even top power lifters or Olympic lifters train this way, it makes no sense. I recently just started following Taylor Atwood, who he trains pretty smart, that's why he's one of the top power lifters in the world. He's almost never working up to a true one rep max. He might do some singles, but it's clear that it's not even close to his max. Just you can see with the way or how fast the weight is moving and he doesn't do it every single week. Testing out your one RM every week. I mean, it could be good to know every few months, but every week is just overkill. Eventually you're going to end up injured and then have to take at least a few days off because of some minor or maybe a few weeks if you get a major injury. It's just absolutely not worth the risk. I even talked to some people who claim that they want to be bodybuilders, and even they are doing 1RM testing every week, working up to it during every workout. There's almost no hypertrophy value coming from doing one rep of any exercise. Like, yeah, your absolute strength may go up and that mental fortitude gets tested, but 
In terms of building and sculpting the body to get on stage, doing higher reps is what's actually going to stimulate and force the muscle to grow. What's more important than absolute strength is actually building up that mind-to-muscle connection for most of your exercises or workouts. So you're working in a rep range. Most of your training should be in that 8-plus rep range. And even if you're not looking to get stage ready, I mean, this is pointless for the average person. For some of my clients, like if they already have years of proper training under their belt, I'll do a 3RM effort. So that way there's some cushion there. I can see and I can judge based on the first one or two reps if they've pushed enough. So if the form starts to break down or the weight is just not moving as quickly as I'd like, then I'll just tell them to stop early. If they're going for a true 1RM, there's no real safe way of stopping the rep unless they just fail it altogether. There's just too much risk, not enough reward when it comes to trusting uh, testing your true 1RM. That's why I do the 3 rep max method instead. It'll give you a good idea of what your estimated 1RM is, and then you can adjust the weight and reps of the programming going forward. So if you're in there constantly testing your 1 rep max, just stop. Just train properly. Stick to the weights you're familiar with. I mean, you still got to train hard. Increase your workout volume weekly, and you'll see progress. You just don't need to lift as heavy of a weight as possible to make progress. If anything, you'll find that your progress actually goes in the opposite direction in most cases due to some unforeseen circumstance. Anyways, okay, so getting what I did this week, I stuck to my word on what I said on the podcast last episode. I actually did watch some of the football games. My fantasy team is off to a rough start, though. I watched the highlights from a few of the games where my players did well. So now that's getting recommended a little too much on my YouTube because of the, you know, the algorithm. Also, I didn't realize, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't realize this when I was watching the first Thursday night game between the Bills and the LA Rams or whatever. It was like almost three hours long. Oh my God. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't watch the whole game, especially because the guy I had on the team, on my fantasy team, this Knox guy on the Bills, I don't even know, but... Bro, he didn't do anything the whole game. He better have a better season going forward, but not a good start to my fantasy league there. Talking about sports, okay, I played golf a few times this past week, of course. So on Labor Day, I headed out to this course, which is about 10 minutes from my place, but I've never been there before because the reviews on Google were so bad, like 2 out of 5 stars. But when I sorted the ratings to newest ones... I saw that the reviews from this summer were actually pretty decent. It was saying things like, oh, there's a new clubhouse. The greens are actually green. The fairways are like acceptable. So I was like, okay, I'll try it out. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Plus, when I was looking up times to play, all the time slots were available. So I literally just showed up and I got a slot all for myself. Usually when you go to golf courses, you have to like pre-book. But I just walked on. The course actually wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Some fairways did need some work, but the greens were actually pretty good. So it might be my new practice spot just because it's so close and it's just always available. So you're only supposed to play one golf ball at a time. Those are the rules. But I was by myself still working on my game. So I decided to actually play two different balls. So instead of just playing the nine hole course once, I basically played 18 holes. Since I had two golf balls, I had to chase around. It was a good time, can't complain. The morning, I remember it it was gloomy out, but by the time I actually got to the golf course, it was pretty nice and hot outside, which was perfect timing. 
So that was how the morning of my Labor Day went. Later that day, I relaxed, man. I needed it. Watched some TV. I started watching the first few episodes of The House of the Dragon. If you like Game of Thrones, then I'm sure you'll like it. This one's a prequel. It was pretty cool seeing dragons right away, as opposed to Game of Thrones, where we only saw baby dragons at first, which was cute, but this time we got to see a real dragon, even though, I mean, it's CGI, but whatever, it's still cool. So I've seen the first two episodes of that, I believe. I wasn't a big Game of Thrones fan, so I'm just really watching this one, so I'll be up to date on all the memes. Maybe there's going to be another Starbucks cup on the screen again or something, and then I'll catch it. So that show is going to head-to-head with another show you might have heard of, Rings of Power. This is another prequel, more background information on the whole Lord of the Rings lore. Again, I wasn't a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I saw each movie once in the theater, but it's not a movie where I watched it over and over again. It was a great series, don't get me wrong, I'm sure, but I didn't like it enough to watch the Hobbit movies. But I might have to rewatch all of those movies again eventually. But yeah, when it comes to current blockbuster TV, this is it right here. This is There's like $2 billion spent into making those first two shows, like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones prequels. Those, those were expensive, so it's really cool to see all the effects, and no question, it's movie production quality from what I can see. I also finished up the Orville. I think I mentioned that before, but I also started watching The Punisher again, which is one of those Marvel shows from like 2017. That was such a good show. I'm probably going to end up watching all of the connected series there too, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Uh, yeah, so I might do that. Punisher has that guy from the first season of Walking Dead. Also, oh yeah, and Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. Yeah, I think uh, season five came out too. That was a surprise, actually. I wasn't aware that it was going to be up so early. I'm going to start that one this week. That's been a that's been a consistently pretty good show. Super easy to binge watch that one. Question 1. Why you need to stop barbell bench pressing? This might rile up a few people out there. Don't get me wrong, the barbell bench press is a great exercise. It's a movement for your chest, also your shoulders and triceps, and it's an exercise where you're really able to overload those muscles in order to get them to grow. I know the title is a little clickbaity, but here's the thing. Most people I talk to, this is their staple movement for the chest every single time. So every time it's chest day or push day, they immediately go straight to the barbell bench press, no matter what. That's always the first movement they do. And if you're doing that every single time, and then after that, the afterthought exercises become the incline bench press, whether that be barbell or dumbbells, then a chest fly of some sort, Eventually, you're going to be stalling a bit in that progress, or you might just see that your incline pressing movements are just falling behind. Or you start to notice that you're lacking when it comes to the size of your chest, and that's because you're not hitting the incline enough to target more of that upper chest area, which gives you more of that 3D look. When you barbell barbell bench press too much, you might start to cap out on the progress you can make. This is true for most people. There are a few exceptions out there where they can just do barbell bench press all the time and they can build a pretty solid chest, but that's not the majority of people. I mean, just look around the next time you go into the gym and you'll see this. If you're constantly on social media, which really highlights the freaks and those with top tier genetics, then you probably have a skewed vision of what reality is in terms of what a healthy body is or what's attainable for most people. 
Of course, what's going to help you achieve even more progress would be switching to some form of dumbbell exercise. You can do that on flat bench to start at first, or you can even start the routine with an incline variation also. Remember, whatever you hit first in your workout, whatever exercise you do first, that's what you'll have the energy for. So you're really able to stress that muscle more often, you can overload it more, and it really gives your body that signal to grow that area specifically. I'm not saying you should ditch the flat barbell bench press forever, but if you're someone who makes a beeline straight for the flat bench every single chest workout, then it might be time to switch things up. So if you take a break from the barbell bench for a few weeks and really focus on the incline variation or dumbbell pressing, you'll notice that your body starts to respond again. You'll start to see your chest fill out a bit more, your incline movements start to go up in weight because you're hitting it first in the workout, so you're fresh and able to get stronger on that movement. It's a lot more impressive to be benching two plates on the incline barbell compared to the flat. I've only seen a few people really rep out 225 on incline barbell bench. It's much harder, so you'll see it less often. It's just more impressive because you are in that incline position and your shoulders take more of the load there. The benefit here is that that strength progress you make on the incline is actually going to translate back to that flat bench. So if you do see some stalling with strength on flat, uh, this is probably a good time to switch it up. And that's another advantage of the dumbbells over the barbells. The dumbbells will actually help with that asymmetry, which is that muscular imbalance between your right and left side. Most people have this, so I always remember to incorporate that into my own training and my clients' programming as well. Then the next time you get back to hitting the barbell bench again, you might be weaker initially, but after a week or two, all of a sudden your strength is just going to fly up. This has happened to me so many times. What's happening is that you're activating muscle fibers that you won't be hitting as much if you're always doing the same thing over and over again. And most people do like to gravitate to doing the barbell bench because you can just lift more weight on there than you incline. And the total weight on there is higher than whatever you can do on dumbbells. In order to build a well-balanced physique, you gotta be hitting muscles from multiple angles, so all different kinds of exercises. You don't wanna be that guy who can bench two plates on flat bench, but then doing one plate on incline barbell is a struggle. You gotta be well-versed in all the lifts so that your physique is even more, uh, it's more even, sorry, and balanced. You don't want any areas that are lagging behind or areas that you're weak in. And that's not just to be aesthetically pleasing, but in terms of how your body moves and functions, you want to be pretty well balanced so that your body functions smoother and you won't be overcompensating with one area of the body or one side of the body. So again, if you're someone who loves the barbell bench and you do it two or three times a week to start your workouts, it's time to change it up. Start with an incline variation, stick to it for a few weeks, and you'll start to see some progress and strength in your own physique also. Question two, how long should your workout be? This answer depends on a bunch of factors. This is gonna be different for everybody depending on the individual's fitness level, what style of training they're doing, how much time they have available, so on and so on. I'll just speak to the general population here because uh, there's some important aspects I wanna to touch on. I think it's pretty obvious that for the average person, you don't wanna be just working out like a two hour grind fest. It doesn't have to be that way at all. If you're enhanced and training to hit the stage, then maybe that's the route you're going to take. If working out is your career or something, so like 
I don't know, 0.01% of the population. But for most people, if your goals are just trying to lose a bit of weight, gain a bit of muscle, build up the metabolism, this is completely unnecessary. And I talk about it all the time. It's not sustainable long-term, those two hours where you're just dripping sweat. You don't want to be doing two-hour workouts all the time. Eventually, you're going to get too busy to do that all the time or you'll just get tired of it. That could also mean you're sacrificing time with people or family you love. But again, this depends on your lifestyle. I want, I Personally, I went years being able to work out whenever and however I wanted to. So I'd work out and have no time limit. Of course, if you're doing something like this, you have to make sure that you're doing enough workout volume to still recover from. So usually if you're working out two or three hours every single day for the common person, that's going to be too much workout volume throughout the week. I used to do this when I was younger. I had the craziest Friday afternoon chest day workouts with my buddy. I've talked about this before multiple times. We'd do chest for like two hours and then we'd hit shoulders and triceps for another hour. It was just ridiculous. It took me multiple days to recover from that and it just wasn't really the smartest decision. But my mindset at the time was just leave it all in the gym, kill that shit. So a big factor when it comes to workout length this is going to depend on how busy your life is, how active you are throughout the week, your history with physical activity. So that being said, generally a good idea is to lift weights for somewhere between 30 to 90 minutes. That's a pretty wide range, but I think for most people that's a decent range. A half hour to an hour is usually the sweet spot, depending on what you can handle. There's exceptions to this rule, of course. If you're completely new to exercise, anything helps. Yes, even 5, 10, or 15 minutes of physical activity is going to be beneficial if you're used to doing nothing. You just have to do a little bit more than what you're currently doing. If you're mobile and pretty active and you can walk up the stairs no problem, you're looking to work out, if you have the time, 30 minutes to an hour is more than plenty to make progress, whether that be weight loss or muscle gain. Of course, those aren't the only things to focus on when talking about resistance training and the benefits of exercise. I mean, it's going to be beneficial for stress levels, even for your own mental health. You'll find that lifting weights will help. I mean, it's going to help with that too. So why shouldn't you train for two hours at a time? I mean, if you're working out for even 90 minutes or so, they have found that that's kind of associated with rapidly declining energy levels, which is the opposite of what you'll find from a good and appropriate workout where you should have a boost of energy when you're done. You should not be feeling like you can't move after a workout. Working out for too long could actually give off a negative effect in terms of your hormone and immune system response and actually could increase the risk of minor infections, so an increased chance of sickness, especially upper respiratory infections because of that negative immune system response. I mean, I've noticed this with myself, and you might have also. I overtrained during a certain workout and then I wonder why I don't feel great the next few days. I might have a bit of a cough, not a full-blown sickness, but I can definitely feel like my body is just overall weaker in terms of my immune system or energy levels. It's just not beneficial to overextend yourself during a workout. And this might actually just be a lesson that all of us need to go through and learn from experience. Again, this depends on everyone. You have to find what works for you here in terms of how long you should be working out. And it doesn't even have to be the exact same length of time every single day. Some days I only do a half hour or shorter workouts. Other times where I'm not as busy, I'll extend it to an hour or a bit longer, but most of my training is anywhere from 50 to 75 minutes. 
that's the sweet uh, sweet spot for me. I can maintain that and keep up my energy levels for workouts in that time frame. Everybody's going to be different here. I personally, I train my clients for usually 60 to 70 minutes, and that's a pretty good time where we can focus on resistance training. And there's also time for mobility and pre-workout stretches. Going longer than an hour, though, I found that sports drinks, they help here. Those ones with sodium and electrolytes, those quick carbs, that keeps your energy levels up throughout the workout. That and a good amount of water should do the trick. And that concludes episode 99 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.